Welcome to The Conversation, the weekly show dedicated to helping you look, feel, and be your best self. I'm your host, Khalif, like a leaf on a tree, and today I'm having a conversation with the host of The Motivated Mind. We're here to help you stay motivated, get motivated, all while social distancing in the middle of a pandemic. And make sure you stay tuned for this week's Loose Leaf Letter. All this and so much more coming up next on the all-new Conversation. So every now and then, I like to ask a random question. And my random question to you is, what is your sign? You know what? I have not a clue. Um, (sighs) Yeah, so... I um funny thing about me I'm I'm not I'm not big into that it's just personal preference I haven't even looked at it January is my birth month January 27th actually to be specific so if you have it offhand um that that is it <laughs> See I don't even know what sign that might be it might be a Pisces or something I don't know It might be honestly I haven't looked into it Um see I feel like once I went to college people started asking about my sign I'm like my what yeah, I never, you know, the one thing about me, um, I, and, and this is not negative at all, but I just haven't, I'm not a, a trend person, mm-hmm. uh, whether that would be classified as a trend or not. Um, it's, and we can get into this later um, in this podcast, but um, I really try to focus on things that are just going to add some sort of value to me. And you know, as crazy as it might sound, I, um, a sign isn't going to define how I act or how I react. So really to me, it's kind of irrelevant. Um, I know there, there are plenty out there that that's their thing and that's completely fine. Um, it's just something I haven't, I haven't even looked into, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people make excuses and stuff because they say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a, um, Gemini or I'm a Taurus or I'm a Capricorn. I'm like, um, if you choose to decide that that's what you're going to act like or whatever, then that's on you. But I feel like people just, they take it a little too far sometimes. You're, you hit the nail right on the head and maybe that's more where I'm, where I'm leaning, right? Is that I, um, I've, I've witnessed that as well. People use that as kind of a crutch or, Mm -hmm. um, a, a reason to either act or react, um, you know, differently than they really should. And I think there's definitely a lack of sincerity there. Um, and yeah, I just, it's distracting, right? Um, it's that crutch. So. Well, for those of you who are unaware, this is The Conversation with Khalif, a weekly show dedicated to helping you look, feel, and be your best self. And today I'm joined by the host of The Motivated Mind, and we're here to help you stay motivated all throughout this COVID-19 pandemic. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Conversation, Mr. Scott Lynch. So before we get into uh, today's conversation, I'd just like for you to discuss uh, who you are and what is the motivated mind. Sure. So um, at a at a very young age, and I have to give hats off to my parents, um, to absolutely phenomenal people that really helped um, kind of snap me into reality at a at a young age. And what do I mean by that? you know, there were a lot of things that I wanted in life. And of course, my perspective was much different at the age of 14 than 29 here, but um, they really helped kind of mold my glasses out into the world. And so at the age of 14, I started working my face off for things I wanted in life and not necessarily 
material things, just places I wanted to be um, or a vision that I had created for myself. And again, hats off to my parents. I think without them, it would have been different. Um, so I'm extremely grateful for that. I started my first business at the age of 21. It was actually a graphic design company um, with a partner from college. And at that point, I had known nothing about business. I was going to school for graphic design as well as, as business. So I had a fragment of, of reality and what the actual business world was. And um, at the age of 23, I purchased my first home. And for the next three years, every single weekend, every night, every morning, it didn't matter. Um, I was working to flip that home. I got into the market at a, at a really great time. It was in a great location, commuter location, down to Boston, Massachusetts. So there were just a lot of things that were attractive about the property. Um, after three years, flipped it, like I said, sold it, and then actually purchased my second home. And um, right before I had purchased that first home, I started working in the cannabis industry. I saw it as a huge up-and-coming market, but what really attracted me to it was its medical benefits. Um, cancer hit hard in my family, and so... I felt that I had um, a mission and a vision that I had painted for myself in figuring out more of the medical side of, of cannabis. And I started working for a company. I was a second employee. Um, ground level it was a huge risk for me going from a full-time job, switching to a startup. Um, and it was something that I just kind of let go and say, "What's whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Um, and throughout the years, I moved myself into the leadership team of that company and the business has been doing absolutely uh, phenomenal. So that's kind of my A to Z thus far. Um, uh, just continually an entrepreneurial mindset and to get to, to the point of where the, the motivated mind came from, uh, about four years ago in December, I had a very close friend of mine um, take his own life. And I, I spent a lot of time, a, a, a shitload of time actually, beating myself up initially saying, geez, like he was so young. He always looked so happy. He, he, he was always the, the life of a party, a gathering, whatever. And um, I spent a lot of time putting a lot of pressure on my own shoulders. And it was finally this epiphany that I had came to and, and said, Rather than try to to look at the past and say shoulda woulda coulda, how do I look forward and and create either a, a light in you know someone's tunnel and and really help them um, through some some difficult times? And that was actually honestly the the birth of where I came up with the um, the motivated mind. I saw that podcast and audio was becoming um, a massive consumable here in the United States and even in parts of like Australia, Canada, you name it. Um, and uh, so that was kind of the, the origin story of the motivated mind. I really wanted to, to shed a light so people could understand that we all go through the same stuff, maybe some you know, different things, but ultimately sharing stories, talking and painting perspective. And through my journey and some of the things I've been through in my life, I was hoping to create um, that beacon of light and hope for people um, to really go out there and take advantage and take back the wheel of, of their destiny of their life. You're listening to The Conversation with Khalid. Right now, I just want to talk with you about this whole COVID-19 and everyone's very 
hysterical um, to say the least. And everyone's, not everyone, a lot of people are in this place of, oh my gosh, I hope we don't die. Oh my gosh, are we gonna die? And we're all, most of us are at home and we feel like um, it's really hard to be productive, especially in a space where you normally associate home with being your place where you just chill and relax or whatever for a lot of people. So my question to you is how do you stay proactive, be productive, while you're working from home or um, even if you're a student doing school from home because of the whole COVID-19? That's a great question. So um, I, kind of, I, I would look at this in the four different parts to it. Um, to your point about a home being a, a safe place. So I certainly empathize with a lot of people myself, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm confined to the, the four walls of, of my home. And I think one of the most important and, and critical pieces to this transition, this moment of, of isolation, is to really set boundaries for yourself. So what do I mean by that? If you're a student, you should stick to, if it's that you had a full-time job and you were a student or a part-time job and you were a student, what did that schedule look like? I think one of the most important things that we can do is try to bring as much normality into our life. So if you were waking up at 5.30 every morning and taking a shower and you know going to school or you're waking up at 5.30, taking a shower and going into work, you should still do those things. Mm -hmm. Because there is so much uncertainty outside of our four walls, the last thing we want to do is bring that uncertainty inside of our four walls. And one of those way, one of the ways that you can really create a barrier is to keep your healthy habits. So that even breaks down to if you were going to the gym at, let's say, six to seven o'clock, work out still at your home. I mean, there are a bunch of different tutorials, whether it be on YouTube, Facebook. I mean, there's so many people out there making phenomenal content right now on how you, you can work out from home. Um, that's, that's one part of it. Another part of this is really setting up a workstation, a work area. So if you had a place that you were doing your, your work at uh, before, whether it be for your business, whether you're an employee, whether you're a student, you should still either work in that same place in that same facet, or you should create a workspace. So, you know, there, I understand are plenty of people that live from a home to a, you know, 300, 400 square foot apartment, whatever you can do to even put a table in the corner and put a picture on the wall, whatever you can do to subconsciously get your mind in the, in that place and not sit in your bed or sit on your couch working because again that is a way in a subconscious link that your mind's going to make that things are off and now granted we all understand that that things are off but if we can change the the micros of our day-to-day -day and keep those habits we can mm -hmm. keep like i said that uncertainty from bleeding in wow uh that's a great point that you just made um and you know it's really interesting that you mentioned um the whole getting out of bed portion, because I found uh, just through some research and uh, even sometimes through listening to your show um, and experience that when I stay in bed, I, there's no way I can be productive. There's no way I can really get anything done with my day. And then there's that whole, uh, what do you associate your bed with? 
yeah. it's normally sleep. So when you compromise the uh, objective of your bed and you make it into your Netflix, your um, schoolwork, it, it kind of, it there. I feel like there's a certain point where you're just going to be like, uh, and you're going to stop being productive. So I, like you said, setting up workspaces and um, I call my little workspace a study space because I make sure it's really clean and um, I don't let too much clutter get in around in and around it because it's just like, I need that one place in my room because I'm in a one bedroom apartment. I need that one place in my room that's like, this is not home. This is work. Right. Right. Yeah, you 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 are exactly right. I think, you know, it's a same it's a same thing linked with studies in, you know, that point out if you're aggravated that you can't sleep, you're tossing and turning, the last thing you are actually supposed to do is to stay in bed and toss and turn because your mind is making a linkage with the frustration and being in bed and you are going to almost open up an opportunity in the future to continue to be frustrated when you're when you're trying to sleep so the best thing you can do is actually get up go downstairs go wherever into another room read a book do something that gets your mind going and that makes you tired again and then once you feel that that tiredness coming back then you put yourself back into the situation so i mean our brains are extremely phenomenal if you just you know just having self-awareness and seeing these things and understanding these things about yourself and how you react and you know how, how you're responsible and if you're not you know with all these things and setting up boundaries it's so important that if you just look at how things were in the, the normal world when things were still moving and, and there was hustle going around out in the world, um, you know, you'll realize that a lot of the things that you're trying to accomplish now are no different. It's just, and I don't mean to sugarcoat it because I, I understand that we're all in a, a much different situation than we were, you know, two months ago. And um, there are a lot of people that have lost their jobs and I think that's that's horrific and a lot of people that have lost their lives but we've got to focus on what we can do together and we've got to focus on what we can do to ensure that our mental health is at a, a right place because let's be honest this is not going to be forever now it's anybody's guess i'm certainly not an expert i'd be the last one to talk about it um i i try not to watch the news as well um but things will go back to normal. And the last thing you want to do is get yourself into a really tough mental place and then have to adjust back to normal life. Right. Um, so thinking 10 steps ahead, I think is really important about transitioning back, right? We're doing a, having a lot of conversations on how do we transition in? Well, it's important to understand what you're doing now is also important to define how you're going to translate transition out. That's a really good point. Um, so I want to talk with you about focusing on what you can versus cannot control. So I had a conversation, I hate to say it, um, I mentioned my mother, but mom, hi. Uh, <laughs> I had a conversation with my mom about like just feeling really overwhelmed, feeling alone. And because I'm not quarantining with anyone, I just felt like I don't hear any other human voices all day. And I'm just sitting in my room trying to be productive and she sent me this uh, picture, and I actually, I might post it. I'll probably post it, of um, 
focusing on what you can control versus what you cannot control. So when it comes to the whole COVID-19 and even beyond once we're past COVID-19 and you're listening to this episode two or three years later, we can't control what other people do and what they post on social media and the actions of others. We can't control uh, what will happen in the future. We can't control other people's motives. But the things we can control is our attitude towards these things. We can have a positive attitude and we can take do our part in social distancing, uh, limiting our social media time because every, not everyone, no, pretty much everybody seems to be an expert on COVID-19 without a doctorate in sight. I'm just like, what in the world? It's like, there's this, I don't know, I had to get off social media completely and I just was like, whatever I miss, I miss, but it's probably some more COVID stuff. But just to get off social media and refresh and revamp my whole um, spirit self, it was just like a huge relief for me because when you look down the timeline, it's a joke about COVID. It's a, a panic about COVID. And I just was over it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, solid points. I think that there are two avenues here um, when it comes to social media. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of social media. Um, I think, well, a lot of our generation and even ones outside of it are a fan of social media. And I think that it's, social media has probably got a bad rap over the years. And I think that that's unfair because I think that social media is a microscope into how we have always been as a, as a human race. Um, and what you view is completely in your control, right? I talk a lot about this on, on my podcast, but we control a lot more than we think. So there's certainly truth to the fact that we can't control the news. We can't control what happens, you know, with COVID or how long we're, we're isolated or any of those things. However, you can control how many times you're, you know, popping out your phone and jumping on social media. You can control how many times you turn on that TV and more specifically what you watch on that TV. So the two roads that you can go down to are cutting your off, cutting yourself off, entirely from social media um, or from watching the news or limiting your time on those platforms, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, or uh, limiting your time watching the news, right? And I think that that comes down, it's predicated off of the individual. If you think that you have enough self-control that when you go on social media, you're not going to jump down a, a rabbit hole, then sure, I think it's probably a matter of limiting your time on the platform, right? But if you're someone that you're you're gonna get lost down a rabbit hole, then then maybe you need to set some boundaries with yourself, right? And I think that that's important. I have worked um, over the years to make sure that anything that is on my social media feed, whether it be Instagram, whether it be Facebook, I really focus on how is this adding value to me? And I think that we get lost a little bit in that Think about the initial intention of of Facebook, right? Um, I don't. I've watched the Social Network. It was years ago, but you know the uh, crazy thing is, I literally just watched the Social Network yesterday. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny, <laughs> right? It was a the, the the purpose. The original purpose of it was to connect people, right? Yes. Um, and I think that it is since obviously morphed into many many uh, different things, but. I look at things at life, and this is how we started out our conversation with my sign, right? If it's not going to add value to me, 
that, or I'm not able to add value to someone else, then there is probably, you need to take a harder look at it, right? And I think I say it all the time on my podcast, but the currency in life is not the dollar. The currency in, currency in life is the exchange of value. So if your feed mm. is clogged up with people, you know, either making jokes about, you know, COVID or really just, you know, putting gas on the fire, then really evaluate, you know, do I have to block this person's post for the next 30 days? Do, you know, maybe I should really think harder about this. When's the last time I actually hung out with him or her, right? Um, and I know a lot of these things might seem selfish, but they're very selfless because think of the mindset that you get yourself into when you go down that rabbit hole of looking at negative things all the time. You could be mm -hmm. grouchy with, you know, you hop on the phone with your mother and it's because you just spent 35 minutes or an hour on social media reading everything negative that was going on in this world. And again, this goes back to the control aspect here. We have a lot more control than a lot more people realize. You have mm -hmm. the ability at your fingertip. What you see, what, what you do, not everything you see, but especially on social, right? You can, you can hide things. You can unfriend people. You, know, you can add positive, follow positive um, you know, pages out there. There are a multitude of things that you can do to make sure that your glasses to life are a mm -hmm. positive one. Wow. And um, actually, just to piggyback off of that, one of my favorite new, uh, not new features, uh, shameless plug. No, not even a shameless plug. It's not even a plug. I'm not trying to put them on. <laughs> They're already on Instagram. They have this amazing button just to mute someone's post and their stories. So you don't yeah. have to unfollow someone, but you can just mute them so that you won't just be feeding yourself um, this, this poison that's going to fester up and turn into a weed inside of yourself. So that's a really interesting point that you made. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about was um, creating a schedule because a lot of us, I mean, when, when, when the whole, when they first kicked us out of school, no, not kicked us out of school, when they first told us we had to evacuate and leave, um, I got so lazy. I was waking up 11 o'clock, staying up till five o'clock. And it just was like, it took me a, maybe about a good, maybe two, three, four days. Yeah, about two or four days, two to four days to really get back on my schedule and routine because I just felt so awful and it was starting to be depressing to get up in the morning, not get up in the morning and eat breakfast in the afternoon. It was just, it was fun the first few days, but after a while I was over it. So how do you go about creating a schedule? That's a great question. So I, First off, I want to start by saying that it's okay if if it's taking some people a while to adjust. There's no there's no harm in that. I think as humans, we do a really good job of beating ourselves up, right? I mean, yeah. look at depression in this country. I mean, there there are a multitude of reasons that I say as humans, we are good at beating ourselves up, whether it be from comparing ourselves to other people, you know, beating ourselves up about not being where we want to be in life. And I think the, the most important thing about creating a schedule is realizing that it's okay to not have your schedule ironed out. 
And mm -hmm. for me, one of the tools and, and not a, not a plug that I, that I hear, but two of the tools that I use are Google calendar, almost like my Bible. And I use Asana and I've actually dropped them a couple of times on my podcast. No, not sponsored by that company um, to set up tasks that I want to do throughout the day. Now, now, what was the second one? It's called Asana. Okay. Yep. It's actually a, a free app you can get on your phone or your computer. Um, and you can set task reminders for yourself. You can schedule projects. Um, it's great for business. I love it. It's great for just your personal life as well, whether it be a project you want to, you know, address on the weekend or after work or after school, whatever. Um, Asana is a phenomenal tool. Um, but the other thing with this is there's always, we swing really far right or we swing, swing really far left, right? Just not to get politi political because I, I can't stand politics no matter which side of the fence you're on. Oh God, but I'm the same way. <laughs> we, it's unbelievable, right? Because it never goes anywhere. But my point here that I'm, that I'm trying to come to is that as humans, we, are, we go drastic to the right or drastic to the left. And when I say left or right, I'm not talking about politics. I'm just saying one way or the other. There's never a middle ground. And where I'm driving at here is that if you're going to set up a schedule for yourself, which I think is important, don't take it to a huge extent that you're like, oh my God, it's 10.01. I've got to do this exactly right now. Because you're going to find yourself from going very flimsy to being really, really, you know, over and beyond and pressuring yourself. And that's going to wear down on you, right? And that's probably the last thing anybody needs right now is an an added layer of stress if you're already in a, in a, in a funky spot mentally, right? So um, those are the two first things. The third thing is kind of goes back to my points earlier. Keep as best as you can to the schedule that you had. So the, what's happening, I think, with some people as they're adjusting is, and maybe this happened with more people at the beginning of this transition, but is that you were waking up later, right? So mm -hmm. what happens when you wake up later? Well, your whole day's thrown off, right? You are now getting to either homework later, you're getting to your office work later, you're working on your business later, whatever the case is. And that just starts to kind of create a snowball effect. And that's why I think it's so important to take a step back and reevaluate and say, man, if I was getting up at 5.30, I should actually get up at 5.30. Um, one of, um, you know, I have a, a, a fan, huge fan of um, Mark Wahlberg, right? He gets up super, super early, but there are studies out there. I can't quote any right now, but there are plenty of studies out there that individuals that wake up earlier are actually more successful in life. And I don't mean, when I say successful, I don't mean just dollars. Successful in finding happiness, being productive, right? The word has a, it's a vague word. Um, so there's a lot to understand when it comes to setting a schedule. Don't go over beyond and set yourself up for almost failure with putting such a finite schedule in place. And don't go so loose that you're not holding yourself accountable for doing things throughout the day. And a way that you can kind of back into doing a schedule is what do you want to accomplish this month? And if you need to get more granular, what do you want to accomplish this week? And if you work backwards from that, you can probably understand, well, then I need to do A, B, C, and D in order to get to the next place, right? And I think that's, that's probably a good starting point for most people when it comes to setting up a schedule. You're listening to The Conversation with Khalid. Next thing I want to talk about is um, 
being accountable. You you talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, a lot of people, and sometimes including myself, feel as though it's really difficult when you're all alone. I feel like I can study a lot better if I'm in a library setting. Well, I can't go to a library. So um, one thing I've discovered or was told by one of my not one of my therapists. I sound like a crazy person. What am I? 17 therapists. Best thing you can do. I suggest it to everybody, honestly, but go ahead. Um, I, she suggested to me that I do book ending where I call a friend and say, Hey, I'm going to do this. And when I'm done with the task, I, they'll ask me, did you do this? Yes. No. But do you have any suggestions? I'm, I'm, I'm right there with her. I think that if you're, if you're the type of person that needs a little more um, of a push to stay accountable, you should really evaluate what is it that drives you? Like, for example, is it, let's say, and again, I think life is more on the value that we add than a currency. But for those of you that are really driven by money, maybe it's a wager you put together with your friends. If not, I'm not going to get X done. I'm going to owe you a dollar or $5. Obviously the pot needs to be big enough for you to warrant the action, right? Um, with the, you know, with the payout to your friends. Um, yeah, it could be as simple as someone that's really close to you or that you feel bad letting you, letting them down, right? Maybe you're close to your parents. Most people are. Um, maybe it's you tell your mom or your dad, listen, hey, um, you know, I'm going to do X today and I want you to call me tomorrow at this time or I'm going to call you at this time, hold me accountable. And, you know, if, if you don't get it done, you're probably going to feel guilty. So there are a million, I think a book, I think that's a, that's a great example. Um, honestly, not, I'm, I'm the type of person that feels a little itchy if I'm not getting stuff done. Um, mm-hmm. I love to be, I just, and I, and I understand everybody's brain works different and that's perfectly okay. Um, if you're, like I said, someone that finds it hard to hold yourself accountable, look at other things that you can do to hold yourself accountable, putting wagers on things, you know, um, telling someone close to you or, you know, that you look up to highly that you're going to do something right. Um, for those of you that have mentors, maybe it's calling your mentor and telling them that you're going to do something. Um, maybe it's setting up even a schedule with one of your close friends, like, Hey, every day we're going to check in with each other at like 6 PM. Right. And we're going to see how did the day go? And we're not going to judge each other. The only thing we're going to do is we're going to listen to each other and, and be, be an ear. And I think that to your point earlier, for those of you that live alone, it's important to have someone to talk to, right? We are humans are social creatures. We, I mean, that's why we have social networks, right? right. Um, we like to interact with people. And I think one of the reasons that, you know, some people get a little, you know, bummed out or a little derailed on what they want to do is there's not much happening around them, right? They're not getting the sun. They're not getting the activity. They're not going out and, and building something, metaphorically speaking. So it's hard to sit and say, geez, you know, I got to do A, B, C, and D. But it's important to realize and self-reflect that, you know, the world is still happening. We're still moving on. This might have changed many things about our life, but it doesn't need to change everything about your life. And so I think it's really important that people spend some time by yourself is not necessarily a bad thing. It's an opportunity to reflect, which I think is crucial. While we have this downtime, you know, give yourself a pat on the back for how you've done throughout the transition. Give yourself a pat on the back, how you've been able to to push through some challenges by yourself, right? 
give yourself a pat on the back. Maybe there's a silver lining to everything, but maybe you've even communicated with your family more than you ever have. And maybe this brought shed some light as far as, man, you want to know what? I could be a, a better daughter or son, or I could talk to my parents more, or you know, I could talk to my best friend a little more or my business partner, right? Um, I, I think there's a lot of positives that come to this. And it certainly means that you've got to focus with the positives at hand. So um, yeah, those are a couple, couple of tips for, for people. So I find myself um, getting lost sometimes in the sauce of it all when I'm being productive, not when it comes to the show, because I love the show, but <laughs> when it comes to schoolwork, sometimes I find myself getting lost in the sauce. Um, so when I say that, I mean more of um, study breaks. I, in the past, have not been a very good breaker, study breaker, more like a study stopper. Um, and one mechanism that I've used, or um, not mechanism, what is the word I'm looking for? Strategy that I've used to um, combat my dis getting distracted and going off into la-la land is setting a timer. Because otherwise, I can listen to, I can listen to Beyonce for hour. I could binge watch a million and one episodes of something on Netflix. Do you have any tips for uh, things like taking breaks for food, food, uh, food for food, breaks for food or uh, breaks for just time for yourself to meditate, to do, is that, would you recommend just setting a timer so you can be on a schedule? Yeah, hundred percent. So um, I actually have a re going back to, to Google calendar, right? You can set alarms with that. Um, for those of you that have companies and leverage a platform called HubSpot, you can actually set tasks in there too as well. But for, for majority of people listening, a great tool, like I had mentioned earlier, um, is Google. So uh, Google calendar. So one of the things that I do is I set time. I'm up at 530 every morning. Um, I set a, a, a timer for my productivity in the morning because actually our brains are extremely active um, in the morning. It's normally the tone that sets the rest of the day. So not to segue off here, but your brain is the most vulnerable in the morning when it's waking up, when it's booting up, right? Think of a computer. So one of the best things you can do to set the tone for your, for your day, going back to the social media stuff, is read quotes, watch you know, motivational videos or clips or whatever that gets you into a good headspace because it undoubtedly is gonna put you in a good mental place and a good feeling. Hopefully it'll help to bleed out some of the anxiety from things that are going on, right? So that's, that's part one. Um, I also have a timer. So at the end of the day, um, I have an hour slotted and I'm not the best at always doing it. I'll be honest with you um, to read, right? Even if it's 30 minutes um, in the middle of the day, actually taking an hour out for lunch. I think what happens with some people is that there are some amazing, some people out there that have phenomenal work ethic. And one of the things from a leadership role that I do with um, my two teams is that I make sure that they take the time for themselves. You know, if they're in a rural area, go out for a walk with their dog or by themselves, just get some fresh air, go on their deck for a little bit and eat lunch. Whatever you can do to remove yourself, it's so important. Because if not, if you're one of those people that has a great work ethic and you just keep going and going and going, you are going to burn yourself out. And I think that there has been probably a, a misnomer with the word hustle over the years. And I've been, you know, one to throw the word around too. And I want to, you know, come out and make sure that it's very clear. 
if you're working your face off, you're hustling, that means that you might be productive, like working your face off for eight hours. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, I think the word gets confused with people pulling, you know, 15 hour days. That's okay too, as long as you have a balance. So that schedule and setting timers for yourself is going to enable you to have a balance, right? Think about if you're at school, how many breaks are you taking between class? Do some quick calculations, right? If it's 20 minutes, if it's an hour between class or two hours, again, going back to the schedule thing, try to keep those breaks in there. If you were working in an office, with 150 other people, how many times a day do you think you were getting up, walking over to get water or some coffee or talking to some of your coworkers? Do out the calculations. Maybe think about applying that same section of time throughout your day. Maybe it's in, you know, 10 minutes, you know, for the first half of the day, you know, three different 10 minute breaks or something, and then you go into your lunch. But it's important to realize that it's okay to walk away. Don't feel guilty, whether it's walking away from your schoolwork, but set a timer in both directions for your breaks and for actually your work. You're listening to The Conversation with Khalid. Are you enjoying today's episode? Well, make sure you follow us on social media platforms and Spotify at The Conversation with Khalif. That's The Conversation spelled with a K instead of a C with K-A-L-E-A-F. All right, so it's time for today's Loose Leaf Letter. Each week I'll respond to a direct message or email that you send directly to me. These letters consist of whatever advice you need to help you look, feel, and be your best self. And if I can't help you, I'll find someone who can. So this week's Loose Leaf Letter is from... Okay, so they wanted to be anonymous, but I thought it was important to still speak, uh, I mean, read their letter out loud. Um, where are the glasses over the, okay. <laughs> All right. So this letter says, Dear Khalif, I'm a senior in college and I'm currently taking 18, ooh, 18 credit hours, AKA six classes. Um, I'm in a major that makes me miser- miserable and I don't feel motivated or interested in the classes that I'm taking. I feel like I want to quit school and I don't have the motivation I need to finish my degree work. I'm failing two classes. Oh two classes and really don't want to do the work. I know my parents would be disappointed, but I feel that I feel like I'm tired of school. What should I do? Woo! <laughs> I'm going to let you tackle this first and then I'm going to give my opinion. So, um, sure. what, what do you think? Wow. What do you think they should do? So a couple of things, obviously having a, a, a motivational podcast, I'm, I'm all about motivation, but I think more important than anything is starting at ground zero here. Um, It would be getting more answers to this question though. If, you know, I, for, for many things, I think more people can extract value uh, putting themselves in the driver's seat of life and actually going out and doing um, than college. And there's nothing wrong with college. There's certainly value to be extracted. And, you know, I went to college, Um, but I think it's really questioning if you say, you know, failing a couple of classes, I don't feel motivated. Is it just that you don't feel motivated because you're, you're just not a motivated person? Or is it really because you're going to college for the wrong thing because your parents or a friend, you know, thought it would be the best thing for you? So 
I think the most important starting point here is doing some self-reflecting and asking yourself, why are you actually at college right now? If you're going to become an engineer, yeah, I get it. But if you were, was it your parents that pressured you to do it? You know, maybe your friends or because your friends were going to you know, this college and that's why you jumped in, then it would make perfect sense as to why you're kind of derailed and you're unmotivated to do many, many things. But if that's not the question, then you need to really evaluate what you're doing, right? Is it your schedule that you need to take a harder look at? I mean, it, this, this individual, right? Whoever it was, um, shout out to you for, for one, being honest. Um, authenticity is something that's so important and, and lacking um, in many areas of our, of our lives. But I, I think if you're unmotivated right now and it sounds like you don't want to do school, it sounds like you're probably not doing the major or signed up for the major or doing the classes that you really wanted to do. And just the fact that you injected the point about your family or letting your family down leads me to believe that it was probably your mom or dad that really wanted you to go to school for this certain thing. So I think there's a little more without giving such a black and white answer here to say, take a step back and reevaluate what you're going to school for. Is it something that deep down inside was really true and authentic to you and something you wanted to do with your life? Or was it you just kind of going with the flow with friends or, or you're allowing your family to pressure you? So. Well, that's a really good point. Um, this letter, I, I, I've been here, been there, not done that, um, been there before, um, especially because I am a senior as well in um, college. And I've, I've done the 18 hours before I, I uh, been there, done that, wrote the book, and it was not a bestseller. It, for certain people, yes, you can do it. But other people, I feel like you don't need to take 18 or 21 or whatever the max credit hours that is offered because sometimes you can set yourself up for failure. If you know you're a person who generally doesn't do well with a lot of things coming at you in terms of classwork, and you have all these classes that require a lot from you, it's probably not the best idea for you to, um, what's it called, to do 18 credit hours. Now, when we get into the, what does it say? Not feeling motivated or interested in the classes that you're taking. What do you think are some um, things that people can do? Because college is expensive. What do you think are some steps that um, they can take to push through? even because senior in college so you've been through four years already of school it sounds like you're at the end um of it all and is it an issue of just push through or is it an issue of um do what makes you happy mm, mm. so at this point you're this individual is certainly you know committed to to seeing it through i think that one of the the word that comes to mind here is gratitude. Like the audacity for, for some people, like, you know, if, if, if your parents are paying for college and that's kind of your mindset, like there's a lot of audacity there and you're not being grateful about some stuff. And, you know, I, I don't know the context of the situation here. So I'm certainly not one that can jump down that rabbit hole with this person, but um, even just some gratitude as far as the fact that you came this far. Like mm -hmm. you are that close to the finish line. And again, I'm going to preface this that 
two train of thought. Like if you're, if this is something you're really not willing or wanting to do, then you should spend some time evaluating that. And I don't think it's necessarily if you're three quarters of the way through to say, you know, I'm out or you're almost there. I think again, happiness is the biggest thing. I, and you can't even put a, a dollar figure to it. Right. I think that college is such, um, we, especially here in the United States, we have made it out to be this big thing. Look at education. It really hasn't morphed a lot over the years. For all of you that are actually listening, there's a phenomenal book in the last, um, I would say last five pages. It's called Brave New Work. Um, and it's more for those that are in leadership roles or executives at company or starting their own company. However, if any of you get a chance to spend the $15 just to read the last five pages, I highly suggest it because it really puts into perspective our educational system and how it's mounted or formed for workers and how we really crush and suppress thinkers and we you know give give grades based on following and checking off the boxes of a b c and d and you know certainly not all institutions are like that so it's not to put them all into a big category um a big group but I think it's really important to to be okay with stepping away from something if you're not happy about it. I don't I don't care how much money, or how much time, or how much energy you've put into it. Seriously, happiness is the most important thing. Like I said at the beginning, the whole point behind you know starting the motivated mind for me was my friend taking his life, and I think that your mental health is a, a trillion times you can't even put a price tag on it. It is the most valuable asset out there. And some might argue and say, yeah, but so is your time. But I would argue back and say, listen, but if you're not doing the thing that is driving towards your happiness, it's, it's irrelevant if you're wasting, you know, if you're going to waste another second on something that doesn't drive you happy. If you've already committed, look forward. Is this really want what you want? Um, but if this is certainly something that he or she wants, then you need to just bust it out, barrel down and look ahead that you've committed this much time to it and moving forward and be grateful. Think of how many people are, aren't healthy right now in the world. Think of how many people don't even have a roof over their head, don't have enough food to put in their stomachs. And you're sitting here saying, again, I don't know this person, but if their parents paid for this or the, the fact that they even have the opportunity and let's call it this, the privilege to go to college, then you should see it through if, again, you are happy and it is something that is driving towards your goal. So I think perspective is key and gratitude is a key formula here. Wow. Well, on that note, thank you so much um, just for joining. I think we've helped a lot of um, folks out there just have a sense of relief um, when it comes to not just COVID-19, but this, I feel like this is timeless, some of the content we've discussed today. But um, if, um, what, what else? Oh, what, um, where can people find out more about the show? Uh, where can they follow it? Um, where can they follow you and whatnot? Where can, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, if, if, you know, I'm on, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple Music, I'm on Google Play, I'm on iHeartRadio. Um, it's just The Motivated Mind. If you want to follow me or even, you know, peek into my life on Instagram, it's at The Motivated underscore Mind. Uh, we've also, I also have a Facebook page, The Motivated Mind Podcast. Um, you know, both platforms throw up different content. 
um, to hopefully add as much value to people. And um, yeah, definitely you, you can find me in either of those places. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being here. It has been just a pleasure talking with you today. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I hope that I sincerely hope that a lot of people extract value from this and, you know, maybe a closing statement here, but don't beat yourself up. We're all going through, you know, different things right now, but um, it's okay, you know, to be a little bummed out. It's okay to be a little antsy, but just make sure that you're giving yourself some self-love and self-care because that's the most crucial piece of this puzzle to get through all of this. All right, well, again, I just want to extend a huge thank you to Mr. Scott Lynch, and thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I really love and appreciate each and every one of you. But make sure you keep the conversation going and send in those leaf letters by following me on all social media platforms and Spotify at The Conversation with Khalif. That's The Conversation spelled with a K instead of a C with K-A-L-E-A-F. I'll see you next week.